When I was growing up, my favorite breakfast was Scrapple. Has anybody ever had Scrapple? Anybody ever heard of it? I grew up in New Jersey. My dad was from central Pennsylvania. And in that, those kind of mid-Atlantic states, there's something called Scrapple. And the way you make Scrapple is after the hog has been butchered, you take the head and whatever scraps are left over that you haven't been able to use for anything else, and you throw it in a big vat or pot and you boil it until it becomes a mush. Then you add in cornmeal and some flour and some spices and then you pour this mush into pans and it congeals into this, this gray sort of loaf. It gets better. <laughs> then you take you, you take it and you slice it. It's about, you slice about the thickness of a slice of bread. Rob, do you remember eating it? No, you didn't eat it? And, and then you pan fry it, and then you put like pancake syrup on it. Oh, it is so good. Now, I don't know if I would have liked it if I knew beforehand like how it was made years ago, but it is so good. But you don't have that here. Um, what? Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. um, another thing that's a difference that I noticed many years ago when we first moved to Arkansas, like in 1988, people go to the lake here. Who goes to the lake? I didn't know really, like for years we lived in Little Rock and we would hear people going to the lake and we were like, what do you do there? Because what, what? I grew up, you go to the ocean, you go to the beach. I grew up in a beach town, and so everybody went to the beach, or you went to the boardwalk. It's just what we did. Another big difference that I noticed between, you know, New Jersey and going to school in upstate New York and then living in Little Rock and now here, we didn't talk to strangers. Like when I remember being in school or even just going about town, when you would walk across campus, you just kept your head down. And you didn't look at other people. You didn't talk to other people. I mean, you might wave and say hello to somebody you knew, but like people you didn't know, it wasn't like, hey, how's it going? And you certainly didn't get into conversations with, you know, checkout clerks and all that kind of stuff. You just don't do that. It's going to keep your head down. You just mind your business. It's so different here. We talk to people that, you know, we don't know, and we don't eat scrapple, and we go to the lake. It's just, it's different. It's not better, it's not worse, it's just different. Now, you might think Scrapple's worse, but you haven't tried it. So here's the thing. Living in New Jersey and living in Arkansas, it's just different. There's a, there are different traditions, different set of beliefs. Life is just done differently. And what I want to talk about today, and it's kind of what we're looking at in this series, Like Father, Like Son, uh, well, look at your worship guide, or, or turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter 1. About halfway through the chapter, Paul says, For he has rescued us, speaking of Christ, he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he's brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So, Something happened to us when we placed our faith in Christ. When you believed, when you trusted Christ to forgive your sin, something major happened. God took you 
and he transferred you out of the dominion of darkness and he brought you into a new kingdom. The, he calls it here the kingdom of the son he loves. In other places, it's called the kingdom of God. In other places, it's called the kingdom of heaven. We get transferred out of the dominion of darkness where there's a certain set of operating principles, a certain way of doing life, a certain set of traditions, and we are put into a new kingdom where life is now different. And so last week, Jonathan looked at one of those differences. One of those differences is in the kingdom of God, we believe. We, we, we walk by faith. In the dominion of darkness, before we were in Christ, you don't live by faith, you live by sight. You live by your common sense. You live by what makes the most sense for me, what, what's best for me. But in the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, he calls us to walk by faith, to trust him, to believe him, even when he's calling us to do something that doesn't make sense. Today, we're going to look at another one of those beliefs in the kingdom of heaven. By the way, kingdom of heaven, it doesn't mean after you're dead. The kingdom of heaven is now. We're living, if you are in Christ, if you have placed your faith in him, you now live and operate in the kingdom of heaven. And the thing we're going to look at today is forgiveness. In the kingdom of heaven, we forgive. In the kingdom of heaven, we believe. We, we, we walk by faith. So today we're going to look at forgive. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, look at Matthew 18. And if you don't have your Bible, it's okay. Look at the back of your worship guide. And in Matthew 18, we, have, we, we see Jesus. He, he's dealing with a number of different questions here. The, the knucklehead disciples come to him and say, Hey, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he, he tells them they have to become like little children. Uh, he warns those who would cause others to stumble into sin. Uh, he talks about a, he give another parable about you know, someone who's lost. And then he talks about dealing with sin in the church. How do you, how do you deal with sin? When somebody in the, in the church has sinned, what do you do? And so after that little discourse, Peter says, Well, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, Peter was being a little generous here because the rabbis, kind of their standard was three times. So if somebody sins against you three times, you forgive them. Three times. So Peter multiplies by two and adds one. Maybe he even thought Jesus was going to pull him back. Whoa, Peter, we're not going to be that forgiving. We're not that generous. We're not that merciful. Three times. Five times. Six, no. Jesus says, in the next verse, Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Now that also gets translated 70 times seven. But it's not literal either way, is it? Jesus isn't saying, well, count them up. 77, oh, 78, you're off the hook. You don't have to forgive anymore. Or 490, on that 491st, you're off the hook. Now really what that means is unlimited. So 
when someone sins against you in the kingdom of heaven, you forgive them an unlimited number of times. Now, some of you just heard that and you're, you're all, you might feel, feel a little angry already. You don't know what he did. You don't know what she did. You don't know what they said. You don't know what happened to me. And you know what? I don't. But, but here's, here's how Jesus goes on. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Now, your version might say 10,000 talents. It might say something else. The point here is it's a lot of money. Okay, 10,000 bags of gold or 10,000 talents, you're, you're, you might even have it a footnote, was the equivalent, okay, one talent, one bag of gold was the equivalent of a day laborer's wages for 20 years. Now take the day laborer's wages, and I did the math, and I had to redo it just, just to make sure. It's six billion dollars. So you take a day laborer's wages times 20 years times 10,000. We're talking six billion dollars is what this guy owes the king. Now, how did he get a debt that big? I don't know. Point is, he's got a big debt. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Now, I can't imagine owing something so big I can't pay it. I mean, I feel like some of the debt now I have is hard to pay. Six billion? That's in today's dollars, okay? So I was watching, Rob and I were watching my son in an episode of Andy Griffith recently. And there was a guy in the show, he couldn't pay his mortgage, and Andy was, you know, asking him how much it was and was going to help him out. And the guy's mortgage, to Andy, well, how, how much do you owe? His monthly mortgage payment was $52.50. And on the whole note, he owed, uh, he had $780 remaining. How'd you like that for a mortgage payment? But the point is, sometimes we hear these numbers, you know, 10,000 talents, and it's like, well, what is that? I mean, I don't, we don't have, we don't talk about 10,000 talents. But in today's dollars, it's about $6 billion. It was a debt so big, the guy couldn't pay it. And so, as was the custom, the king said, all right, I'm at least going to get something out of this guy. He owes me, I'll sell him and his wife, his children, they're slaves now. He can at least work off, I mean, he's not going to pay the whole thing off. But he owes me. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Okay, you owe $6 billion today. And the loan holder comes to you and says, I want it now. And you say, well, be patient and I'll pay it back. But you have nothing. You have no money. And you owe $6 billion. Be patient with me? This guy doesn't need patience. Patience. 
He needs forgiveness. He needs mercy. There's no hope of paying this off. If, you, if this guy, if one of us owed $6 billion and you could somehow come up with a million dollars a month, it would take 500 years to pay the debt. That's without interest. He doesn't need patience. He needs mercy. He needs forgiveness. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. I don't know what your biggest debt is. Add them all together, it's not six billion. But if you put all your debts together, imagine someone coming and saying, I release you from all of them. Can you imagine the relief? Especially if you don't have the money to pay it. Suddenly being released from everything you owe, you're free. What would that feel like? I mean, can you imagine the thrill of having debt so big? Your only option would be bankruptcy. You have nothing. You have no hope of repaying any of that debt. And then it's wiped clean. Imagine the relief, the joy, the thrill. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Okay, a hundred silver coins. Today's dollars, about $8,000. To me, that's a lot of money. But if you said to me, hey, you owe me $8,000, I could probably say, all right, well, if I pay $200 a month, will you, will you take $200 a month? I, it would take me about three and a half years to pay you off. That's not too bad, right? We could do that. All of us could probably figure out a way. If I had to pay off $8,000, we could do it, right? $200 a month, 30-something months, done. 40-something months. He owes 100 silver coins, 8,000 bucks. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. Same thing the other guy said. Same thing. Be patient with me. I'll pay it back. I'll pay it all back. But this guy is choking him. Demanding that he pay it back. He was forgiven $6 billion and he's demanding an $8,000 payment from a guy who can't pay that. But he refused Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. There's no way for us really to forgive others. Now, now if you've been wronged in a little way, I'll tell you what, sometimes we're wronged in a little way. It's hard, it's hard enough to forgive. But I know some of us have been really wounded. 
either over a long period of time or a long time ago, or it continues today. And it can feel like there is no way I'm going to forgive, especially 490 times, because you know what? It's just going to keep happening. It's going to happen over and over. Now, let me say a couple things. One, I understand this is hard. I mean, it cost Jesus his life. That's what we're talking about, right? I mean, that's how hard sin is to forgive. It's not like God can just, you know, wave his hand over the universe and just forgive sin. Because he's a moral and just and righteous God. He can't just wave his hand over it. There has to be a payment. And so, when we received Christ, what happened? What, what happened during that transfer? My sin, the debt I couldn't pay, even if I had all of eternity, because I have no currency to pay with, all of my sin debt was put on Christ. And then the journal entry, his righteousness was put on me. And so my debt is wiped clean. That's the starting point for being able to forgive others, is to understand what I've been forgiven, what has been wiped out on my account. And this whole thing, this whole series, it's like Jonathan talked about last week. We believe. We don't walk by sight. We believe. It's a supernatural thing. That's what we're talking The dominion of darkness, we walk by earthly principles. We walk by human tradition. We walk by common sense. But the kingdom of heaven is different. It's a supernatural life. It requires a supernatural power that God supplies. But it would be like me going to, what's the name of it again, Jonathan, that restaurant? The Rolling Pin. I can't remember that restaurant ever, but if I went to the Rolling Pin tomorrow and I ordered Scrapple, they'd be like, we don't even know what you're saying. I think that's what we do, though. We, we live over here according to these old principles in the dominion of darkness, and then we're wondering, why isn't this Christian life thing working for me? This requires supernatural wisdom and strength. This, we're cut off from that life. We have no life. There, there's no spiritual life. We are cut off from God's life and his power in the dominion of darkness. And when we continue to live over here, but want that over there, it's just really frustrating and it doesn't work. So to begin to be able to forgive someone else, I've got to first recognize I've been forgiven a debt I could never have paid on my own. And then I need this supernatural strength to be able to do it. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. 
Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Now, this is where there are some things I just wish Jesus hadn't said. This is how my heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. What? If I don't forgive someone, I'm going to be treated like that servant? Or what about back in the Sermon on the Mount, the first public message Jesus gives when he, when he begins his public ministry? He said, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Huh? I thought this was by grace. If I don't forgive someone else, I don't get forgiven? I get tortured? Maybe one way to think about that is when I don't forgive someone else. When I don't forgive the $8,000 debt, when I've already been forgiven the $6 billion, what I'm saying is, well, God, I can't do that. I can't be, I'm, I'm not going to do that. You don't know how much they've hurt me. And we cut ourselves off from God's strength and his life in us and it's like we're back here in this dominion of darkness again. And we cut, our, we cut ourselves off from his forgiveness. We don't experience it. Let me put it that way. We, we cut ourselves off from the life experience we can have in him. And it's like we're tortured in heart. We're tortured in our soul. Because... Think about it. These servants, they didn't need patience. They needed mercy. They needed their debt wiped out. They, and to forgive a debt is to release someone from payment. It's to release them from the bondage to the debt. And sometimes when we forgive, we find we are the ones that are released from the bondage. I know this is hard stuff, especially if you've been hurt over and over, or you were hurt a long time ago, or if there were, especially if there was some type of abuse. I understand. And here's what's interesting. Jesus is telling us what to do. He's not really telling us how to do it. Now, if someone comes to you, and here, if you want to look at Luke 17 real quick, this is another discussion Jesus is having about sin and forgiveness. And he says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. See, here's the thing. It's not an option. We're not, we're not talking about options. I mean, really, when we're... When, when we're sinned against, 
in this kingdom, we really have a couple options. One, forgive. Two, just overlook it. And even if we overlook it, we're going to have to forgive them in our heart. Holding a grudge, payback, revenge, it's not an option for those that have been transferred to the new kingdom. And the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. They knew what a hard thing that would be to do, and you know it too. You know how hard that is to forgive someone who keeps hurting you. Now, like I said, Jesus, did, he told us what to do. He didn't say exactly how to do it. So for some of us, what do you do if it was a parent that hurt you and the parent has died? How do you forgive someone? I mean, do you, go, you can't go to them. How do you release someone from a debt? Or let's say it's someone today who has hurt you and they don't even know what they did. Or let's say it's someone today, maybe they know what they did, but they don't really care. And you know if you went to them and said, I forgive you, oh, it would make it even worse. Because they'd say, you forgive me, I should be forgiving you. And I'm not going to. And it would make the whole thing even worse, and then we'd feel even worse inside. So what do you do in situations like that? That's where we need God's wisdom and His power. This is a whole supernatural life over here in this kingdom. It's not natural to forgive someone who has really wounded you. Whether it was a long time ago, or yesterday, or tonight. But it's not an option. We're commanded to forgive. So for some of us, it'll be a process. For some of us, it'll be, you're going to need to seek counsel. And that's where I would say, come talk with me. Come talk with Jonathan. Find someone in your life you know is maybe older or wiser or someone trusted, someone you, you can go to and talk this through. How do I forgive my, my father for what he did? How do I forgive those kids that teased me every single day in school? How do I do that? Because Jesus doesn't get into all that. And, and think about it. Sin really makes life messy and hard and confusing and painful. And to forgive it isn't easy. Now, you, you might already know, there, there might already be someone on your heart, and, get, and you know you need to forgive that person. You might, and if they've asked for forgiveness, you might need to go to them and grant forgiveness. And what you're, you're, you're releasing them from payback, from revenge. If it's someone a long time ago, you might just need to get along with the Lord and say, Lord, I don't have it in me, but your forgiveness apparently is supposed to not only come to me, but through me. And so I'm asking you for the grace and the mercy to be able to forgive what he did. They did, she did. And I'm releasing them. Again, if, if you're in a situation, and, and here's the other thing, don't hear me saying, 
that if you're in some type of a situation right now where your life is in danger or just your emotional health is in danger, that 490 times, I'd, and I've got to keep going beyond that. Now, the forgiveness isn't an option, but how you do that, you'll need counsel. You'll need some wisdom. You'll need some others to help you figure that out. And that's why we do life in a body like this. We're not left alone to just figure some of this stuff out. The church comes alongside you and helps you figure out, how do I do some of these things? How do I forgive someone who really hurt me? It's, it's just a whole new way of life. And I know it's hard. But think about it. I mean, it was... Forgiveness is so hard, it cost God himself his life. He had to shed his own blood to secure our forgiveness. And what he says is, it's not an option then for you to receive my forgiveness, to have your whole debt wiped out, and then to hold something against someone else. When I've already forgiven that. that that's kind of a, a strange position to put ourselves in when I've been forgiven the big debt that I could never repay. God forgave their debt they could never repay. But I'm going I'm to hold this against them. And I'm going I'm to get payback. Here's the thing. God's forgiven our debt. He gives us the power and the wisdom, the strength to be able to forgive their debt. And God is also just. For the person who has wronged you, God will deal with them. Let God deal with them. But don't you remain in bondage to unforgiveness. I mean, really, this whole series, like Father, like Son, we are called to be like the Father. We are called to follow Christ's example. That's really what this whole life is about. We wean ourselves off of the old life, the dominion of darkness, and we become more and more like Christ in this kingdom of heaven. And I wonder if we're never more like him than when we forgive. If you've got questions, if you're wrestling with that, if there's something so painful you just can't even see beyond how I could ever forgive someone, talk to me or talk to Jonathan. And we'll set an appointment with you and we'll figure that out. Because for some people, it'll be a process. Let's pray. Lord, this is, this is a supernatural life you've called us to. And uh, it requires your power and your wisdom it requires your very life flowing into us and then through us. And Lord, I, we are grateful that you wiped out a debt we had that was so big that if we had all of eternity, we couldn't repay it. And so would you give us, would you put in us a heart? Would you give us the ability to forgive those who have wronged us? 
so that we don't cut ourselves off from the life you have for us, so that we get to walk in freedom, free from the bonds of sin and unforgiveness. And Jesus, we just don't have any hope apart from you. This is all from you. Amen.